Hi, this is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Please hang a moon up and tune up the cellos for here come the dreamers. Tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets, butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos. Let us get to it and do it upright. Welcome the dreamers with all. Welcome to Dream Farm Radio. My name is Julie Lavender, and I'm sitting in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling New Hampshire fields of Dream Farm. I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination and join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. Today we'll welcome fantastic, independent, eclectic jazz musicians to play live music for us, share their recordings, and talk about what inspires them. We'll touch their dreams as we open our ears and our hearts, listening intently to the fresh jazz expressions they unleash. And you never know, Dream Farm Radio just might inspire you to fulfill a creative passion or two of your very own. Well, everyone, this afternoon uh, at Dream Farm, I'm uh, pleased to again bring you the music of Trio Porto Sol, which is a Shoro uh, group. And you're going to hear influences of Latin jazz and European music all mixed together. Very exciting group. Such great music. I wanted to have them back for a second show. So I'm really glad you're back, everyone. That would be Catherine Bent on the cello. We got Marian Campos on the cavaquinho, uh, which you're going to tell us about. And Adam Barami on the seven-string guitar, right? Thanks for having us. Some exciting music in this segment. So just in case somebody missed our other segment about your music, can you give us just a little bit of a... A background and what is Shoro music? Um, well, Shoro music is kind of a marriage of styles. Um, European dance music from the 19th century as interpreted um, by people of uh, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil um, with a strong influence of West African rhythms. Um, so for instance, um, the first tune that we're going to play um, is um, kind of a rhythm called the Mashishi, which is one of... Um, the progenitors of Shoro rhythm, really. In fact, the Mashishi was a dance that was banned for a while in Rio because it was so salacious. Mm. Um, it was very improper, and that the upper class people didn't really like to have this around. But the people who were starting to write compositions in this hybrid style, um, they sometimes uh, gave it a different title, like they call it a Brazilian tango, tango brasileiro. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Mashishi, and people knew it because they knew the rhythm and they enjoyed that. But 
um, it was a way to sort of get past the censors. Um, so this is one of one of the earlier rhythms that we hear in Shoro. Um, we open up a section in the middle for a little bit of improvisation, um, which is a little bit more of a modern influence. And I find this interesting because the same influences that brought us uh, American jazz actually kind of formed this music. Would you say that's true? It's, I would say the closest analog in this culture is ragtime. Um, and um, very much so. But, but there was more mixing between um, the, uh, the European people and the, uh, the slaves, the African people, the rhythms, and the, the, the music was allowed to meld much more freely because people actually got together and play, and the slaves were allowed to preserve their, their culture and their ritual and their oh, music a lot more. Um, so we have this wonderfully rich tradition that was born in the 19th century and uh, continues, to be, continues to evolve. Well, play us something. And tell me, tell us the name of it. This is called Ubon Filio a Casa Torna. Which means? The good son comes home. Okay, I'd love to hear it. Thank you. 
folks, I hope you can hear all the influences that, that we love about Brazilian music and, and jazz sort of forms in this Choro music. And tell us something else we don't know, Catherine. Um, well, this group started in a very organic kind of way. Um, we have a, a small community in Boston. Um, we have what's called a hoda, which is a literally a circle, a wheel, means a jam session. And we get together at each house, other's houses or in uh, restaurants, and we play music together. Were you playing cavaquinho already, Marion? Yes. And you were playing the seven-string guitar? Yeah, the, the funny thing is around Boston, I'm actually known more for playing cavaquinho than for playing guitar. But then when Marion moved to town and was such a good player, I was like, oh, finally I can play guitar again. So I've got to oh, that's you know, work great. on my seven-string chops. And it's Marian... unusual to have cello as, as, as part of this kind of music. Why? What's normal? I, I think it's unusual because um, it's very hard to get a cello around in play a cello at a table in a restaurant which is where a lot of these rotas happen it's just not practical i try to do it anyway but the thing that i love about it is that i can assume any of the roles i mean maybe not the percussion so much but i can play melody and i can play harmony i can play bass lines i can comp so i really enjoy well, it seems like the music was made for you even <laughs> though maybe it's different than it is in brazil so folks i'm julie lavender you're listening to dream farm cafe with a trio porto soul hearing choro music and we're going to take a break We'll be right back. And I dream of places far from here 
This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. 
In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamformradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back. I'm Julie Lavender, your host, and you're listening to Dream Farm Cafe, where we do eclectic jazz-oriented music. And today we have eclectic jazz-oriented Choro music from Brazil. And I'm thrilled to share this with you. And you're hearing Trio Porto Sol, Trio of the Sun. Is that what it is? The sunset, actually. Oh, the sunset. Lovely. Well, we've just watched one here at Dream Farm, so that seems Mm -hmm. appropriate. Um, Adam, who plays the seven-string guitar, uh, uh, would like to tell us a little bit about your next piece and how you came together and your work. Yeah, the the next tune we'll play is called Santa Morena, and it's actually a waltz. And one of the nice things about Choro as a style is that it has historically has consumed many different rhythms from many different places and in this case uh, the composer a mandolin player named Jacob du Bandolin he, he you know he wrote in many many different styles and in, in this case he chose a waltz and actually flavored the rhythm in sort of a flamenco style so it has this sort of you know you know, Spain, sort of Moorish kind of feel mm-hmm. to it, but it's also very Brazilian at the same time, and it's you know, it's a very energetic piece um, in its in its waltz format. And Jacob de Bandolin, he was really a, a watershed for Choro, so he's sort of mid twentieth century, sort of working from the nineteen forties. What do you mean by watershed? What do you mean? In the sense of being um, an an amazing composer. So he, like many Choro musicians, had a day job, and but he was fanatical about music and rehearsed, um, unlike you know anyone. He's just an, an intense musician, and he would have these hodas at his house where every weekend people would come and play. And he wrote tunes and you know hundreds of tunes. And his tunes incorporated a lot of the flavor of samba as well. So sort of bridging this older. Um, shoro style based on European rhythms like the mashishi and then the, and the shoro itself and bringing in the samba and then in, in, in Santa Morena this tune will play it has this sort of flamenco flavor which is, despite being somewhat unusual is very much his style and is very mm-hmm. typical of shoro in general to consume rhythms from all over. Well would you play that for us now? Sure. Thank you. 
love the music that you brought here to the farm today. And um, I, I get the sense that we're going to slow things down a little bit because you've got a lot of energy and a lot of kind of one-upsmanship and challenge and improvisation, a lot of energy moving forward. And now maybe something different? Yes, we're going to play a, a, a tune, a Shoro Cancel, which is a, a Shoro song, although very few Shoros were actually sung. It's, it's usually an instrumental style. Um, the composer of this uh, piece is Paulinho da Viola, who was a samba singer, um, uh, 20th century. And do you have a date for that, Adam? Oh, he's still around. He's yeah, still he around. Ac- <laughs> he actually played at, um, at Carnegie Hall yeah. just a month or two ago as part of a Brazilian music series. And there are a lot of very important bloodlines in um, in Shoro in the in the history of Shoro. So his father was actually in Jacob do Bandalim's band, the guitarist. Um, Shoro Negro is the name of the song. Um, you'll hear that the harmonies are a lot more modern, much less predictable than in some of the Shoros that we've played. Um, compare it with the first one, which you know had very few chords. This has a lot of, um, you know maybe more jazz-like harmony. We take our improvisations a little bit further out, take a few more chances harmonically with this. Um, and there's a kind of rhythmic, there's a kind of phrasing that we use that kind of, we allow the, the melody to float over the um, the groove. You know, we, we sort take of in and out a little it bit. It breathes, it breathes. Um, and this features Marion in the... Marion is playing the uh, the first section by herself, well, a duo with Adam. So we do we we kind of play around with our arrangements a lot, and sometimes we leave things um, up to chance and how we feel in the moment. And sometimes we'll come up with a little bit of a game plan: who's going to play when. We like to vary the texture a lot. Sometimes I'll play pizzicato instead of with the bow. Um, so there's classical elements, but there's a lot of openness and spontaneity in what you do, which I think is exciting. We like that. So again, what you're going to play? This is Choro Negro, the the black Choro.
We've just heard the beautiful ballad Choro Negro, right? Black Choro. And that was a lovely kind of change from the competitive, tricky, fiery music that you've been playing. Uh, and we're, we're drawing some comparisons between um, uh, classic jazz music and ragtime and this type of music and, and how it's structured and why it's related to, um, to jazz music, but it's different in, in several ways, and maybe it has to do with the way you approach improvisation in this music. What do you think, Catherine? Yes, I think the expectation, I mean, the, pos- the possibilities are infinite, but the expectations are a little bit different in shorter than in, than in jazz. Um, so we do have a set of harmonic changes to work with, and we have a melody that we're departing from and perhaps returning to, and in mm-hmm. shorter we do return to the melody. And very o- and, and everybody plays it. A lot of times, most most of you are playing it. That's right. right. Sometimes we play the melody together, but what you might notice is on repeats of the melody, um, whoever's leading the melody will be taking a lot of liberties with the rhythm. So even if we're playing the same notes the second time through, we're changing the syncopation. And that's a really great kind of um, point of departure in the melody. So is it's not just go- a restatement of the theme. It's really developing. No. So we might sort of delay a few notes and then speed up again and arrive at the same point or we might miss out some notes and then put in a big run somewhere else there's all kinds of things that you can do with the melody that are very playful and and surprising and you can you can superimpose your own melodies you can quote from other 
other pieces, tunes. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot how, of things that it has in common. With and then how does that set you up for the improvisations that are, and how is that different from jazz? Um, well, I think, you, I think you depart from the melody less. I think the expectation is that you'll stay closer to the melody. You'll, you'll show these recognizable little tags in the music. You cue the other musicians back to a section with a, with a recognizable melodic tag. Um, but we also like to get kind of free with it, too. So this, right. uh, this next tune, which is um, a very traditional tune in Shoro, it's part of the core repertoire. We'll um, hear that in the next segment. How about that? Okay, great. And um, we'll see more of what you're talking about or hear more of what you're talking about when we come back. Because, folks, you're listening to Dream Farm Cafe, and I'm uh, Julie Lavender. And today we're listening to the Shoro music of Trio Por the Sol, right? Which means Trio of the Sunset, Sunset Trio. That's right. Right, Shoro music which is, um, gives us a new point of departure from jazz. I'm going to take a short break. Please stay tuned, and we will be right back. just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain because at one time I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you so why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently 
and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamformradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is Dream Farm Cafe, and we are listening to the music of Trio Por de Sol, which is the Sunset Trio, and they bring Shoro music to Dream Farm. And very, very intriguing. We had to have them back because the music is so rich and multi-layered, and it really borrows from the um, idioms of African music and and classical music and and American North American, you know, influences and. And uh, as does jazz. So here we are again. And you were talking about improvisation, uh, Catherine. And um, uh, do you want to s- speak at all about improvisation in this form? Yeah, I can sp- speak a little bit about the about the bass lines that Catherine and I are playing um, in the low registers. And Catherine was talking about the expectation of improvisation. And in this form, I feel like. In the bass lines, we're actually we're we're actually inventing lines all the time, the counterpoints and so on. It's almost like I I don't feel like I need to take an explicit solo mm-hmm. because I'm sort of moving between the chords and the harmony and sort of backing up the melodies in in a sort of always moving, very dynamic sort of way to try and keep it keep the you know keep the foundation there, but keep it sort of. Momentum, s- s- momentum, and s- mm-hmm. oh, we're sliding around a bit, and you, you sort know. of hear those bass lines, da 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 da, you know, bringing you right back into the the swing. Yeah, you fill groove. in the holes in the. Me- you're very responsive to the melodist. You know, you're not just. You and those never are improvised. Right those are improvised. Always basement. improvising and responding. Well, we were talking earlier about how this music requires to really be successful. People who sort of are immersed in it, just play it, have heard it, have listened to it, so that when you come together, you really do construct something fresh. They're, they're not reading um, parts that are written out. I imagine you have some ideas about what you like to do and some and the melodies, uh, the main, the head of the tune, you know, kind of gives you... Pl- plenty to think about, right? Yes. But um, now you were saying, Catherine, that you went to Brazil for just sounded like just for the very purpose of going to these circles, right? To play and just to hang out. And the, are these professional musicians all the time that play shoro, or just people who love it and they like to jam together? And it's a it's a mix. I would say probably the minority are professionals. You know, more people are just lovers of music, which is very traditional to shoro. There weren't originally professional shoro musicians. It's something that developed later with the um, with the, the age of radio, actually, and, and shoro musicians mm. were hired to be house bands for radio stations all over Brazil, um, which is how the music really achieved widespread rep, rep, uh, recognition, kind of was developed from being a style of playing to a real genre. Um, but all along, um, there have been these hodas, and they... Um, the circles where yeah, they improvise. That's right. So, um, and it's a very social thing, you know. It's always, there's always food and drink, and people will take great pride in hosting the hodas, and, you know, the more people show up, the better, and nobody's reading charts. Everybody's doing everything from memory. Um, the shoros that I went to, some of them were in private homes. Some of them... Um, were public, you know, with a sound system and a venue for an audience. Um, sometimes it would be very traditional. We'd just play the core of the shorter repertoire, and sometimes whoever wanted to play something would play. Somebody would stand up and sing a jazz ballad, and people would accompany in their own way, or somebody would play a Nazare tune or some other piano piece. Are there ever completely just improvised shoros? 
it's always based around the repertoire. I mean, Shoro itself, I don't think you start from nothing. You know, you might, even if you start improvising on a couple of chords, somebody's going to jump in with a tag. It's going to introduce Something a tune. Something that's familiar. That right. It, ah, and see. usually tunes are called non-verbally. People will just start playing a tune. You know, they'll play a bit that's recognizable and everybody will jump in. Wow. So the well, music keeps rolling. I want to depart for just a minute and show some of your other work uh, again, just to take a little sonic break from Shoro for a minute and, and ask uh, if we could play a, a, a tune that you collaborated on with me as well. Again, playing um, uh, cello on a piece that I wrote to uh, accompany the ancient prayers of the Jewish people, the um, the Modim prayer. And it features you and Sarah Caswell on violin and uh, jazz musicians from the Boston area. And again, kind of a, a melange, a mix up of a circle we had here one day. <laughs> that was a wonderful day. <laughs> we recorded this music. So if you'll indulge me, I want everyone to hear what you did on this and how we work together. And then we'll end with some more Shoro music. Again, this song is called Modim. We give thanks to you, O Lord our God, and the God of our fathers forever and ever. We give thanks to you, Lord our God, and the God of our fathers forever and ever. It's you, the rock of our lives, the shield of our salvation in every generation. We give thanks to you, Lord our God, and the God of our fathers forever and ever. We give thanks to you for our lives and our souls which are given into your hand. We give thanks to you for our lives and our souls which are given into your hand. For your miracles every day, for your acts of devotion in every generation. We give thanks to you for our lives and our souls which are given into your hands. Oh, one, your compassions never fail. The acts of your devotion never end. Oh, one, your compassions never fail. Never fail. 
have hoped for you from long ago. You just heard uh, Modim, which actually is also could be called Hoda'ah, which is a an ancient Jewish prayer that I set to music, and Catherine played on that track with some wonderful jazz musicians. And maybe you hear some again some of the sounds and influences of um, Brazilian music and world music in that tune. And it's funny because one of the names for that prayer is Hoda'ah, and now we're talking about Roda or Hoda again, which is this circle idea, which is a Portuguese word for circle gathering to play and Marion why don't you tell us this about these circle happenings that yeah what is what is interesting is that since uh, the last 10 years 10-15 years uh, the Choro went out uh, outside Brazil and there is like a kind of revival and uh, all over the world you can find places where people meet to to make rodas and play this music and I have the example of Europe in France you 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 have um, uh, you go to different cities and you will find people who play this music and you will be able to to walk in and so uh, for example in France in Paris there are two uh, circles circles in uh, Toulouse Nantes Marseille if you go to Italy in Torino in, in England. So if London. you were to play the traditional instruments, you were to play guitar or seven string guitar or cavaquinho, which is the little, again, um, mandolin, um, ukulele, ukulele type yeah. thing, or flute, what are the other traditions? Flute, um, well, you could come with a clarinet or a, an accordion, a violin. And if you love it very much, you come with your cello. I, pretty much yeah. any instrument. And if you know the, about trombone, the... Trombone, the, yeah. uh 15 or 20 basic main tunes that kind of give you the tags and the ideas. If you knew those, like you did, Catherine, when you went right. to Brazil, you could be in. That's a good start. It's a, a little bit like when you walk in a, in a jam session, a jazz jam session. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to know autumn leaves. I mean, all the... Right, it's right. It's the same. It's uh, You have the standards, actually. The standards, right? Yeah. yeah. And... Um, Wow. But Marion's right. It's really taken, it's taken spread all hold. over the world. I mean, and there's that's a what you did. Shoto you came together. Mm-hmm. And here on the show, we like to talk about creativity and how it develops and encourage that and kind of unpack it and make it approachable. So here's a passion that you, you decided to learn this music, I guess, Catherine, because it was going to be good sight reading practice for you. <laughs> and it kind of changed your world and you learned it and developed it and and then had a community. It found communities to, to play in that were safe and exciting and scary probably all at once, right? Yeah, it's um, very rich. It's very yeah, rewarding. Very rich. Indeed. Play. Well, I think it would be great to end the show um, with another piece. This what is do you a, think? Yes. We're going to play a piece by um, arguably uh, Shoro's greatest composer, Pichinguinha. Um, this is a tune called Koshishando. Is Pichinguinha the first name? Um, what was Michael his name? Johnson. Alfredo uh, Rocha de la Viana. Is wow. A fancy name, but he was always known as Pichinguinha. Brazilian, Brazilians usually go by uh, a nickname. 
of some kind. They usually go by a one-word nickname. It's very common. Or else they're named after their instruments, as in oh. the case of Jacob de Bandolin. He's the bandolin player. <laughs> okay. Pichinguinha, a great virtuoso flute player and very prolific and composer. And this piece is? Cochichando. Which is? It means whispering. Whispering.
You've been listening to Trio Podasol. So check out Catherine Bent, Catherine with a C, B E N T dot com. We'll be back soon. When you truly listen to a tender song. For photos of the farm, show information, or to learn about becoming a sponsor, visit dreamfarmradio.com, where you can sign up to receive free weekly episodes of our program. Dream Farm Radio is produced by Don Richardson at mlcrecording.com. Thanks for listening. Every dreamer needs someone who'll touch their dreams.